morning, everyone. Welcome to Fantasy Squad. This is TJ, the squad leader, signing in. How's everyone doing this morning? Tyler, how are you? I'm good. John? I'm good. Let's go. Hey, yeah, we're John. missing we're missing one guy this morning, uh, Jacob. A little bit of a tragic story. This morning he woke up and he was supposed to drive out to, to Jonathan's house and get there and we're going to do the podcast. And he actually slipped and fell. He's on the second story. Uh, so he broke both of his legs and one of his arms. So he's... He's going to be down for a little while, so uh, we're going to have to get through this without any emotions today and, and just uh, do this podcast without him. Is that not true, John? Uh, he's, he did slip and fall. Yeah, broke two legs. Two legs <laughs> no, on that, It's pretty tough. That part's not true. <laughs> um, let's get started this morning. Uh, today we have a pretty interesting topic. We want to see how this goes with three people talking about it. I wasn't sure about how this subject's going to go, but uh, we're going to try it out today. We're going to talk about the top 10 fantasy receivers. Top 10. So let's start off with you, Jonathan. Um, I figure we just go John, Tyler, me, and just mention our top 10. So, John, who's your number one and why? My number one is DeAndre Hopkins. Um, To me, he's the most consistent wide receiver in football. Maybe Julio Jones in that conversation with him. He's had four 1,000-yard seasons. Um, three double-digit touchdown seasons. Um, in his only down year of his career, of his entire career in 2016, when he had less than 1,000 yards, his quarterback was Brock Osweiler. Um, yeah. He finally got a quarterback in Deshaun Watson, and he's had two top three seasons with Deshaun Watson in the NFL. Uh, I don't see any reason why – DeAndre Hopkins shouldn't be in the top two by the end of the year. Well, what's interesting enough is that DeAndre Hopkins is actually my number one receiver as well. And what I like the most about the guy is you can't always transfer touchdowns into the next season. That's a little bit hard to, to re, redo the next season. But you can take receptions with you. And in most cases, you can take yards. And what's great about DeAndre Hopkins is he's the second most in receptions with 115. Um, and he's the fifth most in targets with 163. Second most in yards with uh, 1572. And then he had 11 touchdowns, which was the fourth best. But what I like the most about it is Deshaun Watson is starting to really play harder, starting to come into his own a little bit more. He's going to start putting up more numbers. Hopkins, Hopkins has been a staple in the top five of fantasy receivers for years now. And I don't foresee that not happening again this year. Um, I just think with uh, the way – the season's starting to shape up. That, uh, uh, God, John, I'm trying to talk. The way that the season's starting to shape up, um, I think DeAndre Hopkins is going to have a phenomenal year. Um, what I like the most about him is he is the fourth most targeted receiver in the red zone. And as we all know, when DeAndre Hopkins is in the red zone, he's going to score. So I really like him this year as my number one. Um, you know, with Deshaun Watson coming up, I think he's really going to blow up this season and really have a good year. He doesn't have too much competition at the wide receiver with Will Fuller. Uh, he's a little bit injury prone, so I don't see him playing a full season. And then after that, they got yeah. Kiki Kudie or Kute. Um, and then they have no tight end. Jordan Thomas is a nobody. But um, I think there's a good chance that not only will he continue with his stats, but he'll actually raise them up. And I think we're going to be looking at DeAndre Hopkins at the end of the year and seeing him at that number one slot. Yeah, uh, I have a big surprise for you guys. My number one wide receiver is DeAndre Hopkins. Oh. So, I, I don't do you know, know how you can put anyone else above him. Uh, he's just so good. 
Last year he had an NFL record of 115 receptions without a drop. That, if that doesn't impress people, I don't know what else will. That's an NFL record he set. And like John was saying, uh, 2016 was his really only down year. So 2015, 17, and 18, he averaged 176 targets, 107 receptions, 11 touchdowns, and 1,490 yards. That was his average in those three years, excluding 2016. So I don't think we really have an argument here. Uh, DeAndre Hopkins probably yeah. will be the number one wide receiver next year. The only thing I've heard about DeAndre Hopkins when doing research on him is I read a few people who questioned his uh, big playability. So I went back and looked. And even that is awesome. In 2015, he was fourth in catches of 20-plus yards. In 2017, he was second in catches of 20-plus yards. In 2018, he was fourth in catches of 20-plus yards. The guy literally does it all. He's his whole offense. The running game is not spectacular. Their second wide receiver is injury-prone. He is the whole offense. <clears throat> As he goes, they go. He is. I mean, DeAndre Hopkins – or DeAndre Hopkins is, is – the best wide receiver in the NFL right now, except for maybe Julio Jones. But fantasy-wise, I mean, I think it's pretty fair to say that he's going to be number one. And I don't think we're, we're breaking too many rules by saying he's number one. But let's move on to number two, since we all seem to be on number one. This is when the, the podcast is going to start to get interesting. Yeah. Because uh, I, know, I know you and I know Tyler, and I know that it's going to be all different players. We might match up on a few of them. But I'm pretty sure from here on out, it's going to be a little strange. So, Tyler, let's bump it to you, man. Who's your number two? Uh, well, Fantasy I, have, wide receiver. I have the second best wide receiver in the league at number two. I have Devontae Adams. He will be number two next year. So, here's just a couple points. He's the clear number one in Green Bay. There's no one that's going to surpass him. I don't think anyone's going to disagree with me there. He has one of the best quarterbacks of all time in Aaron Rodgers, who was hurt last year, playing through some pain, came back and was still above average quarterback. And then uh, TJ said that DeAndre Hopkins had the fourth or fifth most red zone targets, you said? Yeah, fourth most. Fourth most. Well, guess who had the second most? Yeah. It was Devontae Adams. 31 targets, and he had uh, 12 red zone touchdowns. So he was targeted 44.3% of the time in the red zone. That is the most in the NFL. Aaron Rodgers loves him. He said, we need to throw the ball to him more. He came out and said that. And, I mean, Rodgers is healthy this year. I don't think that Devontae Adams is not going to finish in the top three wide receivers. And I think he can make it into that number two. He's in the prime of his career. He has the best quarterback. He has a good cast around him, a good running back, uh, average number two wide receiver and wide receiver number three. And, I mean, it's Aaron Rodgers. I don't know what you guys would have at number two, but – you guys disagree with me at number two? Look, look, Tyler, I, I yes, Devontae Adams is a good receiver. So the problem with him is uh, those numbers that he has fantasy-wise are inflated. He had, what would you say, in the red zone, 12 touchdowns he, in the red zone? 12 touchdowns in the red zone, 31 yeah. targets. Yeah, he had 13 touchdowns throughout the whole season. So for me, it, I'm looking at him and I'm thinking to myself, um, yeah, 13 touchdowns throughout the whole season. When you see touchdowns high, which is great, Antonio Brown, he had the most touchdowns. He was the first in touchdowns. He had 15. That's great. Is he going to have 15 again this next year? Probably not. Now, he did switch teams, and he's over there with Derek Carr, um, who's a little bit different than Ben Roethlisberger. But if you look at somebody who has a high level of touchdowns, that's really great for that fantasy season. The problem is 
it doesn't always transfer to the next season. With someone like Devontae Adams, he's really only had one stellar year. So we don't really know if he's going to be able to repeat that year. Aaron Rodgers can make anybody look good. He made Jordy Nelson look good for years. But I'm just worried with that influx of touchdowns, especially in the red zone. Of course, your number one receiver is going to get all the targets in the red zone if he's, if he's worth his salt at all. But especially since, I mean, they have a tight end in Jimmy Graham. So Jimmy Graham. Yeah, the old decrepit yeah. Jimmy Graham that yeah, so no one wants in fantasy right now. Normally Jimmy Graham, you know, five years ago would have been the red zone target, but well, not in this offense. Well, you say you say touchdowns don't transfer, and I, I believe that. But the man had 31 targets, and Roger said, I want to throw to him more. You don't think if he throws to Devontae Adams more, just let's bump up that 31 targets in the red zone to 36. You don't think that that might transfer to more touchdowns? He had – 13 touchdowns on the year that's nothing to shake your head at and I mean he I I think he's just as good as DeAndre Hopkins but he just has an all-time quarterback look Tyler I guess he could get more targets but he had the second most targets in the NFL right behind Juju who had 170 and he had 169 or Julio I'm sorry not Juju although I do like Juju but yes Julio had the most targets now Julio is a different level than DeAndre or Devontae Adams is. Man, all these Ds are going to kill me today. But uh, he's on a different level. So, yeah, he's going to – look, he still can get a lot of targets. But is he going to still receive this 169 targets and be the second most targeted receiver in the NFL? And if he is, is he going to catch the ball? Is he going to turn it into touchdowns? Is he going to turn it into yards? So, I mean, it's, it's still yet to see. The reason I don't have DeAndre or Devontae Adams on my top – my second place is because I don't foresee him repeating his stellar season where he was, you know, top of the list. I just don't foresee that happening again this next season. Uh, John, uh, what do you, what, what's your number two, John? Where are you looking at here? <clears throat> my I, know number, not, I know it's not Devontae Adams, so let's hear it. My number two is Juju Smith-Schuster in Pittsburgh. Um, when, when Tyler talks about, the touchdowns of Devontae Adams, I agree that that's a big stat with 13. That's a big, big stat. When I think about what they're going to try to do this year, I see a lot more Aaron Jones in the plan, especially in the red zone. And I look at one stat for Devontae Adams that makes me think he still has to prove it to me for one more year before I put him in my top five. Um, His contested catch percentage, it measures – a receiver's uh, percentage of making a contested catch when um, a corner is draped all over him and stuff like that. Yes. And uh, Devontae Adams was at 40%, which didn't actually register a ranking. It was so low. Hmm. So I think Aaron Rodgers throws him open a lot because it's Aaron Rodgers, which can still happen. But I think there will be a heavier dose of Aaron Jones – Pro Football Focus rated him in the top 10 of running backs. Well, that's a Um, mistake. Yeah, but that was surprising to me too. But there will be a heavy dose of Aaron Jones. I look for Marquise Valdez-Scantling to turn into a real number two receiver this year. Geronimo Allison. Geronimo Allison might turn into a real slot too. I like both of them. Yeah. Um, As far as Juju Smith-Schuster goes, why I have him as my number two is – well, he was obviously fourth in receptions with 111. Uh, he was fourth in targets with 166. 
Um, he was fifth in yards all while Antonio Brown was there. Yeah. Juju Smith-Schuster took up 27% of the share of Pittsburgh's air yards compared to 36% by Antonio Brown. There's a lot of ground that's open that Antonio Brown left. And Juju Smith-Schuster, just by sheer numbers last year, showed he was a top 10 receiver. And I think the amount of volume that is automatically going to be coming his way I mean, you got to mention guys like James Washington and Dante Moncrief um, and the uh, rookie Deontay Johnson, who's going to make the team too. You got to think about James Conner catching the ball and Vance McDonald and all these guys are going to catch the ball. But this is, this looks, yeah, this looks a lot more like Houston's passing attack now with one main wide receiver with a ton of targets and a ton of catches. Yeah, they're definitely going to open up the, back, the, the field for him. I just uh, – I don't have Juju at my number two. You know, he's got, he's got a lot on the table from Antonio Brown leaving. I just don't think he's going to be able to, at the end of the year, have that top – that number two fantasy position. Um, I'm just not sure if he's going he's gonna to make it there. Yeah, well, you know, I, I have Juju at three, so he's not, he's not that far down for me. Uh, on my rankings. I mean, number two, number three, I could switch him out with Devontae Adams. I do like uh, Juju with uh, Antonio Brown being gone. Uh, I think we had three or four sample games without Antonio Brown in uh, Juju's first two seasons, and his numbers actually increase with Antonio Brown off the field, so everyone's concerned about him going up against number one cornerbacks. It's not a big concern. He plays great in the slot. He plays great outside. And, I mean, just with A.B. had the second most targets, Juju had the fourth most targets. Let's just add, you know, 10 more targets onto Juju's uh, repertoire next year, and he gets up to 176 targets. That's elite numbers. It's Antonio Brown type of numbers. And I think that Juju can turn it into yards and into touchdowns. I love bringing up the stat. I'll bring it up one more time. I bring it up every time I talk about Juju. Last year, he was tackled within the five-yard line six times. He was tackled within the two-yard line five times. So those, it, it's fluky. Like we said, touchdowns don't transfer. As you can see, Juju could have made six to seven more touchdowns if he wouldn't have got unlucky and got shoestring tackled at the two-yard line. So if you just bump up Juju's uh, touchdowns, he, he has 13 or 14, which is up there with Devontae Adams and – bigger players so are you arguing that you're going to change your number two to juju is that what just happened there no no i i still like Devontae adams i think he has the better quarterback and the better team around him juju has a, a hall of fame quarterback in big ben but uh, i just like i like uh green bay's weapons at wide receiver better than the steelers weapons around juju well john the reason i didn't put juju at my number two he's 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 not too far away on the list either is because I'm not quite sure if Ben Roethlisberger is going to be able to repeat a 5,000-plus yard season again. I mean, is that is that something you're worried about, or you think he's going to stay pretty much on par with that? Well, at the very least, Ben Roethlisberger has thrown over 4,000 yards every year. He's been healthy for the last five years. So as far as uh, Big Ben's production goes, it's going to be a lot of attempts because that's what Pittsburgh does. Yes. They throw the ball a lot. They go shotgun, and they throw the ball a lot. Um, 
My favorite stat for Juju Smith-Schuster is my absolute favorite stat for him. Um, he, among the top 10 fantasy wide receivers of 2018, only Tyreek Hill had a better yards after catch rate than Juju Smith-Schuster. And we look at that and we go, his red zone target share was number six among all wide receivers. Uh, but his end zone target share was number 46 among wide receivers. Well, why is that? Because Antonio Brown was there getting all the end zone targets when they were in the re- uh, when they were inside the 10-yard line or Vance McDonald, um, or they would run the ball. With Antonio Brown up, I look for number 46 to go way up into the top 15 of uh, end zone targets, which translates to more touchdowns. Yeah, and you said he was uh, within the top 10 in yards after catch. He's been within the top 10 both years he's played uh, within the top 10 of yards after catch. And I know you love this stat. He was 11th last year in contested catch. Mm-hmm. So he, he, that, he – I love that stat. Are, are draped over him. Big Ben isn't as good as uh, Aaron Rodgers. So no. I do like the stat that Juju can, can uh, get the ball when it's contested. But – you know, enough about John's number two and my number three. TJ, we haven't heard your number two. Oh, my number two? Yeah. Hmm. Who is it? My Probably not as good as Devontae Adams. Interesting question. He goes by the name of Tariq Hill. He plays for a little old team called the Kansas City Chiefs. Now, now I wasn't sure coming up uh, a couple weeks ago when I was doing a little bit of research on it whether or not I was going to put him on my list because there was questions about suspension. Uh, but that's all been pushed to the side. So as of now, he's going to play a full season. Now, I don't know if you guys know this. I know, I know you guys aren't the brightest when it comes to fantasy football. But there was a quarterback on that team named Patrick Mahomes. Now, Patrick Mahomes led the league in yards. Everything. <laughs> everything, <Sorry>. yes. <laughs> Just about everything. I, I, think, I think with uh, Travis Kelsey there and with having Tariq Hill coming in without any suspension and then Patrick Mahomes – I don't foresee Patrick Mahomes falling at all. One thing I like about Patrick Mahomes that's different than maybe another young rookie quarterback like a Baker is that um, he sat for a few years and he was able to really to really learn the offense, to really learn how to play quarterback. And now that he's playing, it's not really a rookie season for him. You know, it's more like this is his third year. He just started his third year. So his level of maturity and his level of understanding of the offense is, is at that level. So I don't foresee much fall off. Now, I – also don't think that they're going to put up the same insane numbers. It's, it's really hard to throw for plus 5,000 yards in this, in this league. You know, there's only a handful of quarterbacks that have done it in the past. But when I look at someone like Tariq Hill, one thing I like about him, and this is one stat I will say transfers with this receiver, is his touchdowns. Mm-hmm. Tariq Hill is third in touchdowns with 12. The reason I say it'll transfer with him is because of the way he plays the game. He's speedy, he's quick, and he can get open, and he can get past, rece- or past cornerbacks. So for him to get open as much as he does, I think that the touchdown transfer is totally okay. And if you look at the team, I mean, Travis Kelsey was the number one tight end. Tariq Hill was top five wide receiver, depending on what league you're in. And Patrick Mahomes was the number one quarterback. So it's very easy to see that those touchdowns are still going to be on the table and somebody's going to take them. And it's just going to happen to be Tyreek Hill. One thing I, I am a little hesitant on is his red zone performance. He's not bad but he's also not the best. Um, so I'm kind of worried about that. But, hey, one good, point, one good thing is that he is a 15.1 fantasy points per game, which is a pretty good stat. And I, I think there's a little bit of question marks about – I was reading this morning about 
his future with Kansas City. I hope that that doesn't take much uh, away from him this season. It sounds like they're not going to really work out an extension with him for this next season, so I hope that's not going to transfer into this year, and that's just something for the future. But as of now, the way things stand, Tyreek Hill could easily be that number two wide receiver, and I, I don't I don't foresee much argument there. I think I think all of our top three or four are pretty much the same. Um, so I think Tyreek Hill could easily get up at that top second uh, second pick in fantasy. Yeah, let me uh, ask you a question. On the – you said the 15 points a game, is that in standard scoring? Yeah, I think it's points per game. Okay, yeah. yeah. If it's standard scoring, uh, are you not worried about his terrible inconsistency year after year? In standard scoring, he had five games where he had less than five points. In yeah, standard I mean, scoring, he was also the number one receiver. Yeah, yeah. and he was number one in a half PPR too. I mean, it's – yeah, he's he's a great wide receiver. It's just if, you, if you're picking a top wide receiver, you want a guy who's consistently getting you points every single week. You yeah, don't want to be in a week where it might be an important week and he gets four catches for 40 yards. It's, it destroys your team. And Tyreek Hill is notorious for getting those low-scoring games and then blowing up and maybe getting 120 yards in a game. Yeah, but, but that's the thing. You know, we're just talking about who's going to end the season off at the top. I mean, maybe you would say you won't draft him at number two, um, which is your – that's why we have a top ten list. I'm still drafting him at number two because, I mean, if I've got a – if I'm good at what I do, which when it comes to fantasy I am, um, I'll have a team to back him up. And if he's inconsistent a few weeks, that's okay because I'll have someone to make it up. But I, I don't foresee last season being this season. I think this season it's only going to get better for Patrick Mahomes. He's only going to get more consistent. He's only going to do better – in the game. Look, I wrote on my on my little paper here when I was writing down all his stats and everything, I wrote stat boss because he's going to be a boss. He's going to get Madden-like numbers at the end of the season. He's going to look really good. And I just have him on my number two because I think there's not really much argument with him having a, a, a smorgasbord of stats at the end of the season. And I think for fantasy, you, you may have a sort of a point there, I guess, about his inconsistency. But I think this year – that's going to level out. I think he's going to be more consistent this year. He's going to deliver more often and on more games. Yeah, he's he's a low reception guy too, which if you're in a full point PPR, he might not be number two for you just because he only had 87 receptions last year. So his, his receptions well, are lower, but he does put up the yards with those receptions. Like you were saying, he's I think he was number one in air yards per attempt last year. So he, he's great in the open field. Uh, but it's just he has lower receptions, so that's my only caveat on picking him at number two. Is if, you're in a, if you're in a PPR, he might not be the best option for you. He ended the season off with 87 receptions, which was eighth in the league for wide receivers. But he also ended off the season with, uh, um, with the fourth most yards in the 1479. So he's still getting stats. Um, he was the eighth most in receptions. He was the tenth most in targets. So, he rushed for 151 yards and a touchdown. <laughs> yeah, so that just adds to the whole uh, statistical phenomenon that is Tyreek Hill. And that's yeah. what's great about him. He's very versatile. Uh, he can do a lot of things on that field. And he's, he's, he's the clear-cut number one receiver over there. Like Sammy Watkins, he had his chance, and his chance is gone. So he's not going to do anything. <laughs> you know, he's I still do, there. He's a starter over I do like Harmon. I do like McCole Harmon. I think he's going to have a really, really good season, which I think can only help Tyreek Hill to have another number two receiver who can actually put up stats. You know, they got Damian Williams. We'll see what happens with Damian yeah, Williams. A lot of see. people, a lot of people like him. Um, I'm not, I don't particularly think he's going to be anything special, but it is great if he can get a, a few touches a game, maybe 15 touches a game, they can get the ball run on the field. 
And I mean, you know, obviously Travis Kelsey's there, so that's that's a whole different animal. Um, but I think Tariq Hill's got a real good shot at being that number two this year. And I don't see uh, Patrick Mahomes' statistics going down much, and that will transfer over to Tariq Hill's stats not going down either. Yeah, if he's going to play a full year, he's, his stats aren't going to go down. 87 receptions over 1,400 receiving yards is quite insane. It means yes. you're catching a lot of deep passes, which results in you being the number one guy in receptions of 20-plus yards. He had 1.7 uh, – well, when I say 20-plus, he had 1.7 of these a game where he had a catch of 20-plus yards, That's which is kind of insane that you can absolutely bank every game on Tariq Hill getting one deep pass. Yes. Probably two, according to the stats. He's probably getting two, but you can absolutely bank on one. He's the number one big play guy in all of football, in all positions. Um, he's even, number even, two, more than, even more than Saquon? Yeah. Oh, yeah nice. Even more than Saquon, which oh. hurts me to say, but yeah, he is. Um, his extra strength was, like Tyler mentioned, from running the ball. That's his extra little fantasy oomph. He has 22 carries for a buck 51 and a touchdown, and that's an extra full game for a running back. That's about what? It's an over 20-point game. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, so I just don't know. That's, that's what bumps him up into that top three is that extra little college offense running the ball that Andy Reid gives him. Yeah, and I think, uh, I think with, with his ability as an athlete – running the ball, receiving the ball. And, yeah, that's a lot of what he does is he gets past guys. That's a lot of what he does. And in, in the past, that would worry me. But uh, with Tyreek Hill, um, he's done it now for a few years. So I think I'm pretty confident in his ability to continue to get past guys. So that's why he's my number two on the list. Yeah, uh, I just wanted to add a little thing there. Before we move on to our, our number three, did you guys hear the news about Patrick Mahomes coming on saying he wanted to throw the ball 100 yards? And he could do it in Mexico City with Tyreek Hill. I was so excited when Tyreek Hill did not get suspended because this dream is now alive. Can you imagine? He's sitting in the end zone. They got started on the one-yard line, and Mahomes chucks it the entire length of the field. Man, I, I think that Tyreek Hill might intentionally, when he's uh, receiving the kickoff, he might intentionally kneel it at the one-yard line so that they could try this. It, it excites me so much. And if Tyreek Hill actually caught the ball, and scored a touchdown on that play, you, you probably won that game in your league is without saying, a doubt. Is he saying he wants to throw a 100-yard pass? Yes, he's saying he wants yeah. to throw it the full length of the field and <laughs> yeah. score a touchdown. That's Mahomes might league. do it. Mahomes hey, might do it. If there's anybody in the league right now, he, he's probably the guy. Yeah, and Mexico City and Denver are his two places that he has the best chance of doing it because of the altitude. I just wanted to bring that up because I, I love the story that came out, and I, I would, I'm going to be watching those two games just to see if Patrick Mahomes attempts it and if he gets close. Oh, he's going to attempt it because more than likely they're going to be up by 50 at the end of the half, yeah, so he's going to attempt it. And if it goes to McCall Harmon, TJ, your 800 yards uh, receiving might be alive. Yeah, well, I still think McCall Harmon is going to do well, and I think I think when uh, Tyreek Hill uh, eventually leaves in a couple of years uh, that he's going to become the new guy out there. Like anybody, any, any wide receiver that plays with Patrick Mahomes is going to put up a lot of fantasy stats. Well, it just so happens – that his number one receiver is one of the best receivers in the league. Let, let's not forget that Patrick Mahomes has played for one year. He's played for one year, but his one year was a phenomenal year. He, look, 
there's only a handful of guys that throw for 5,000 plus yeah, yards. So you, don't have to, you don't have to convince me on Patrick Mahomes. I'm just saying you can't expect the man to reproduce the same thing. Well, I can expect him to do pretty much the same thing. I mean, there's a there's not much higher you can go than throwing 5,000 plus yards yeah, and being you can only stat go leaders down, and right. everything. Exactly. So you can't. You, there's not much further for him to go up. So he's not going to go. Uh, he's not going to drop off the map. He has the same team minus Kareem Hunt, who he didn't even have a full season. So yeah, I don't know. I I I, uh, I just I think what you guys both said there is that you agree with me that you guys made a mistake on your list and that Tyreek Hill should be your number two. That being said, I'm going to move on to my number three. My number three has already been spoken about, I believe, by Jonathan. Juju Smith-Schuster. Mm. Now, we've already said all the stats about Juju. Um, it just so happens that I put Juju – Hopkins is my number one, and, and I don't need to defend that. But I think I put Juju a slightly below Tyreek because I think Tyreek has got a quarterback who's going to be more explosive. I think Ben Roethlisberger is a great quarterback. I mean, he's a Super Bowl winning, champ- he's a Super Bowl winning quarterback. He's going to be in the Hall of Fame one day. Um, he also had a 5,000-plus yard season, which is hard to, to replicate. Um, I don't foresee him doing it again because, uh, strangely enough, he had a guy named Antonio Brown on the team. So, and that was a he had 168 targets for 15 touchdowns. I mean, so when I look at Juju Smith-Schuster, I think to myself, I could have a guy who's going to be, you know, a phenomenal guy. I mean, as far as receptions go, your your number. Your number three guy was – or your number four guy was Juju and your number three guy was, was Antonio Brown. So you had the two and three guy in the receptions, and now one of them has gone. And when I look at a team that Juju's on, I think to myself, there's not too much trouble there at receiver. I mean, I guess you could say Dante Moncrief is decent and James Washington is decent, but I don't foresee much difference there. I also don't think that Juju's going to pick up all – 168 targets from Ben Berger. <laughs> and I certainly don't think he's going to pick up all 15 touchdowns. Uh, if he does, then we're talking about a, basically a quarterback stat for the wide receiver. He would basically be the number one. Everything. And probably break records for every single well, he would thing in the NFL. Yeah, he would, yeah. If he got – That would be like almost 300 targets. If he had 22 touchdowns, <laughs> if he had 22 touchdowns, he would do all kinds of things with that. I just uh, – I was a little worried about putting him up above Tyreek. Because I, he, I did think about him at my number two for a while. I just was a little worried about putting him above Tyreek because I think um, when you look at the difference in quarterbacks and you look at the different playing styles between the two, I think Tyreek Hill's got more opportunity to get more fantasy points because he may get a handoff on the two-yard line, you know, where Juju's not going to get that opportunity. He may get, a, he may get a, some kind of screen pass at the, at the, on, on their own one and he's going to run it for 100 yards. So I just think that there's more chance of a bigger spark for Tyreek. But that being said, I still think Juju's going to be the number three. I think he's going to lead most guys in stats. And, and, you know, he's only 22 years old. So in a couple years, he's going to be be the number one guy in a couple years. So He is only 22. You know, Juju's stat line, um, when you compare it to Tyreek Hill, he had 21 more – no, he actually had 31 more receptions. I believe Tyreek Hill had 87. Juju Smith had 111. So do that math, but that's more than 20. Um, His targets were quite a bit more than Tyreek Hill, at least 30 more. His yards were in the same area in the 1400 range, but the real difference is 
the touchdown marker with Juju way below Tyreek at seven. Yeah, Antonio it, Antonio Brown took 15 touchdowns. And Juju Smith, like I said, I expect his end zone rate and his red zone rate to go even higher this year without Antonio Brown. Now, the good thing about Juju that keeps him in the in the game with Tyreek is that he catches so many more passes. And Roethlisberger, I know why you're hesitant on him, because he's getting older and you don't expect him to throw for 5,000 yards again at this age, which is – it's understandable. The thing about Roethlisberger, though, is he's going to still be the league leader in pass attempts this year. And so yeah, when you – with that. I just think uh, – I just think at the end of the season, Tyreek Hill had twice as many touchdowns almost. And yeah. I don't usually transfer that with wide receivers, but with someone like Tyreek Hill – yeah, you kind of have to. I mean, he's going to get a lot of touchdowns. He's going to be I, another top guy at that touchdown set. I guess my whole prediction pretty much boils down to the fact that I expect Juju to get three or four more touchdowns. Yeah. And, I mean, I look at it, and, look, Juju's my number three. Tyreek's my number two. If at the end of the season they switch, I'm still going to feel okay about myself. I still think I'm a special boy. But I just happen to put Tyreek a little below Juju or a little above Juju just because – He's got, like you said, way more big playability. And with that spark, that, that, could really, that really is what hinged my decision. Yeah, and I'm, I'm with TJ. I have Juju at three. Oh, hey, congratulations. Yeah, so just one spot <laughs> below where Jonathan has him. Uh, and the only reason I have him there is just because we have to see who Pittsburgh's number two is going to be. And if they can put up, you know, Juju rookie year numbers – because if, if Juju has a number two, which normally the Pittsburgh offense always has a really good number one wide receiver and a really good number two wide receiver, just look at when Juju came in the league. He, he, he wasn't a highly touted prospect by a lot of fantasy circles. A lot of people kind of doubted him. But Pittsburgh is Not great me. at, Pittsburgh is great at uh, drafting wide receivers. And, of course, they've drafted Deontay Johnson. So the real question is, can – Deontay Johnson, Dante Moncrief, or James Washington be that solid number two wide receiver, or are they going to have to go to a, a receiver by committee, which wouldn't help out Juju as much. But I think Juju's perfect at number three. I think he can move up to number two. He might even be able to do number one. It's just we haven't, we haven't seen it yet, so that's why I have him at number three. Yeah, I mean, the wide receiver by committee, though, he was basically a wide receiver by committee last year. He had the number three uh, most targeted receiver in the league standing next to him. So I don't think James Washington or Dante Moncrief is going to be the next Antonio Brown. I think even for this year, even if they do well at the end of the season, Juju's still going to be the stat leader on that team. Um, even, even I mean, James Conner, they already talked about splitting back with him. So Juju's going to get the most looks out of any player on that team. I just don't know if it's going to transfer too much. And there might be a slight drop off for Ben because he's missing his number one receiver. And so now he just has Juju. So there might be a slight drop off, but I don't see too much. I just think at the end of the season, at that number three spot, we're going to see Juju. A slight drop off for Ben doesn't mean a drop off or a stagnation from Juju. Remember that. Well, it's going to look, <laughs> we're arguing over, you know, sticks and stones here, pal. It's the number two versus the number three. I'm not making an argument against Juju. I think, yeah, he could be the number two. I just have him at my number three spot. And I don't think you should be so salty about it, mister. 
Well, you just said something I didn't like, which seems to happen a lot. But we'll move on to our number four receiver. Well, well, John, what's your number three? Me and TJ are both Juju. What was your number three? Oh, I'm sorry. It was Tyreek. I flipped them as well. Tyreek, Tyreek who? Tyreek Hill of the Kansas City Chiefs. Okay. Who's the quarterback on that team? City, Missouri. Who's the quarterback? coached by Andy Reid. Oh, Andy Reid. Well, wonderful. Wonderful. And, and you happen to think that uh, – that, I uh, happen to think that Andy Reid is the worst – Late game, two minute coach of all time. Okay, I agree with that, but that has nothing to do with fantasy talk. No, I do. but that I thought I thought that's where you're going. Yeah, we don't need to go over Tyreek Hill again. Look, it's pretty obvious Tyreek's going to have a better season than Juju. Jonathan made a mistake. I understand that, but let's let's move past it, John. And you go ahead and give us your uh, number four on the list. So so far, we've all had the same three top three. Mm-hmm. DeAndre, we've all agreed on one. Oh, no, that's right. Tyler. Yeah, Tyler's I on a Devontae different planet. Adams, I get it. You're two. on a different planet. I get it. We both, we all had DeAndre Hopkins at one. So for everybody who's listening to this podcast, go get DeAndre Hopkins at number one. I mean, we're experts. Here. I mean, that is, the, that is the gist of the. We're of pros the. here. And then we had Juju and Tyreek Hill mixed up there, and Tyler threw Devontae Adams in there. So uh, let's see what your number four is there, John. Where are you looking? Well, my number four is not a surprise at all going to Atlanta with Julio Jones. The model of consistency for at least five years. Yes. I'm um, going to jump in this conversation with you because it just so happens that my number four is Juju. And I'm looking at Tyler's uh, list Julio. here. I'm looking at – or Julio, not Juju. I'm looking at yeah, Tyler's list here. Doing that. I'm looking at Tyler's list here, and I can see that he disagrees with us. So I oh. think, I think um, we're going to have a nice little uh, – I almost said a bad word there – a team-up between me and you versus Tyler – so if I'm looking at if I'm looking at Julio's at home, what he was thinking. <laughs> if I'm looking at uh, Julio's stats, he was the number one targeted receiver. He only had one more target than a couple other guys. He had 170, but he was the number one targeted receiver, and he was third in receptions with 113. He is, he is the guy besides. Uh, well, he is the guy I'm expecting to stay in the number one or two target range. I'm you know expecting, what I like? I'm expecting Juju to be there in the number one or two target range, but he's the other guy. It's going to be there because he's always in the number one or two target range. You know what I like most about uh, doing this research on Julio? Did you see what he came out and said in the news uh, conference oh, today? God. He said, I might just mess around and get 3,000 yards. What's that? You might mess around <laughs> and get 3,000 yards? You mean no receiver's ever gone over 2,000, but he thinks he can get 3,000. Yeah, I, he, meant, he meant two years, the next two years. Oh, okay, okay. That, that's so ridiculous. That's like Amari Cooper saying he's going to get 2,000 yards this year. It's it's just guys saying stuff because they think they're better than they are, which you guys think Julio's better Look, than he is. Julio Jones is six foot three, two hundred and twenty pounds. Big whoop. He would slap the living daylights out of anybody that guards him. But oh. Julio has been a staple at that number one top five fantasy wide receivers since you were in diapers. So I personally think Julio is gonna get better. What was he, number six last year in fantasy points, John, I think? And, I mean, yeah. this year I'm projecting him, and obviously you're projecting him at that number four slot. Look, Julio's going to be Julio. Um, I know he's getting older, but he's still got at least two, three more years in him, which yeah. is going to go for a he's while. He's 30. Yeah, this I know. He's 30 season. And as old as these people are playing nowadays, I mean, you're looking at – he's got at least three or four more years. And he's, he's actually looking to get a, a new contract written up too, so he's obviously wanting he to play. It. As old I as these guys are playing, tell me the best 33-year-old – wide receiver in the league right now the best 30 30 year old receiver no, is no, no, Julio not, Jones. Not so for me 
Julio is 30. Who's 33, which Julio would be Excuse in me. three years. Excuse me, sir. It's my turn to talk. He, he's good Excuse this year, me. but not after that. Excuse All right, me. I'm going to talk. Okay, give okay. it to him. <laughs> All right, so Julio Jones, the stats for y'all. Um, he's number one him. in targets, number three in receptions, number one in receiving yards, number five in yards after catch. And he finally broke the top 15 in touchdowns last year to the absolute joy of all fantasy owners. He got eight touchdowns. Julio Jones, Julio Jones has been the guy that if he got 10 touchdowns a year, he would lead the league in fantasy points every single year. Yeah. He's that good. He's been a guy who's gotten 1,800 yards receiving. He's gotten 1,600 a couple times. He got um, over 1,400 last year. He's a guy who – he's been the leader this – is, this is a great stat. He's been the leader in yards per route run for four straight years. Yeah, you guys are pulling out all these crazy stats, and I'm trying to yeah. understand what they mean. Go look it up. <laughs> four straight years he's been the leader of that stat. The fantasy knock has always been that he only scores six touchdowns or seven touchdowns or four touchdowns. He got eight this year. He got eight this year. If – I. We're all hoping Matt Ryan sees that you should probably throw Julio Jones the ball in the end zone. So maybe it's starting to translate. The only reason he's a little bit – well, I mean, the four spot's not very low on the list. I'm just slightly worried about guys like uh, Calvin Ridley, guys like Mohamed, San- Mohamed Sanu, Austin Hooper. I'm just slightly worried that um, with especially Austin Hooper and Calvin Ridley coming up that they're going to start getting – a little bit more action, and it might take away slightly from him. I do think – I do believe Julio when he says he's going to turn it up a notch well, here. I do believe should, him on that. You should not be worried about that at all. He had this same situation four or five years ago when he was playing with a then Roddy White coming off Pro Bowls. Yeah. And he still put up these big numbers. I wouldn't worry about Julio at all this year. Calvin Ridley's workload will increase. Austin Hooper will have a good year. I don't know about the running game. We'll see what happens with that yet. Matt Ryan, yeah, Matt Ryan is still the quarterback, so you're gonna get you're gonna get Matty Ice's 4,500 yards last year, 49. Um, not he a Matty gets, Ice fan. Look, Matt Ryan gets plus 4,000 yards every season. He's, he's yeah. one of the best. Okay, stats. <laughs> you guys. Let me get in here. So, all right, guys. hold on. I'd like to say one more closing statement. You heard it here first. Julio Jones will end this season off with 3,000-plus receiving oh my yards. Gosh. Let's go. Yeah. Let's okay. go. So, I mean, I think what messed my list up from you guys, uh, I, I would love to join you guys over in the loser corner holding hands, but I couldn't because I actually put one of the better wide receivers at number two in Devontae Adams. You guys just happen to be disrespecting the man. Uh, so it's not like I hate Julio Jones. I love Julio Jones. He's number five on my list. He's one spot oh. below. My number four is Tyree Kill, who, I mean, was number one and a half PPR last year. But the man, I you can't you can't trust Tyreek. Uh, like I said, he's really inconsistent. I love him at the end of the year, but during the season, it's like, man, you have these horrible games, then you have these great games. That's that's awesome. But Julio Jones, the reason he's not at my number four and he's one spot below, is exactly what you guys were just saying at the end there, Matt Ryan. He had an amazing year last year. And the year before that, and yeah. the year before that, okay. and the year before that. I wouldn't say he had an amazing <laughs> year had, before that. He's had an amazing year since the beginning okay. of his career. Well, let me, let me just tell you guys something. I don't know if you know this, but the Falcons' defense lost three Pro Bowlers in the first week. Their defense 
got totally demolished, thousand yards. He's still going to be a fourteen hundred yard receiver. It's not a big deal. It's just the one thing you guys were saying. He doesn't ever score touchdowns. He scored eight last year. Oh my gosh, that's so amazing! All these guys we have above him right now are going to score a lot more. And I bet you, you guys in your number five will probably say that guy will score more than eight touchdowns. I don't know who you have. My number five is Julio. I think Tyree Kill, who's my number four, is going to score more touchdowns than Julio. So Julio, I mean, his his stats aren't going to go down, but they aren't going to go up. I I have a hundred percent confidence that he will not get sixteen hundred, seventeen hundred yards next year. Okay, well, I, the way I, I, I see that's it, that's why I have him at number five. The and way I see he had it, no running game last year, like you guys were saying, with that running game improving, it's going to run out more time. And one more stat on Julio: his touchdowns came, his eight touchdowns on the year came in the last nine games, the last half of the season. He, he must have been thinking, oh, I care, John. I care. Well, I want my guy to score one touchdown at least every two games. That would be awesome. That, that means you had good playoff run with Julio. Yeah, so if, that, you, if you – I mean, that, that's had, awesome that you had a good playoff, but I want him to produce all throughout the year. I would have rather him had eight touchdowns throughout the year instead of just coming up in the last nine games. And – yeah, he was the number one in fourth quarter yardage last year. He's a He was a garbage time player. His stats are so increased because they were down so much. I don't think the Falcons are going to be down that much this year. Like TJ was saying, they have Calvin Ridley. They have Austin Hooper, Muhammad Sanu. They have Devontae Freeman's back. They have I just, a couple guys that are going to help them. I don't see what is garbage time because he's had five straight 1,400-yard seasons. So he's done it five straight years. What's okay. garbage time? But, yeah, the last five years, has he had Calvin Ridley? Has he – Austin Hooper's been there for – He's had Roddy White who made Pro Bowls. He's had Muhammad Sanu who at one time was a real number two. He's had Taylor Gabriel who lit the world on fire one year. He's had Tony Gonzalez one year on his team. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I, like I said, I'm not, I'm not super down on Julio – he, he's my number five. He's one spot below. I just – I don't think he's going to produce as much as he did last year, all because the Falcons are a better team this year. Okay, they, Mr. Fantasy Expert, since you don't think Julio – you don't agree with the two. He's definitely not getting 3,000 yards. So you can put that in the trash, <laughs> well, TJ. Well, who's your number four? <laughs> my, my number four is Tyreek Kill. I said. I, okay, I, well, I didn't want to go over him well, look, too much. He's look, number four because – First of all, you got Tyreek Kill way too low on your list. Oh, two spots below yours. That's yeah. so, so very well, low. That's the difference in a lot of points. Look, Julio is going to end the season off what Julio ends the season off every year. Basically in the top five. Oh, top and five? Matt, I have him at five. That's and Matt, amazing. And Matt Rock, well, he's going to definitely end up there. I just happen to think he's going to get up one spot ahead of that at the number four. Yes. Yeah, so Matt Ryan will definitely end up in the top five in passing yards like he is every single year. Yes, his touchdown rate's a little low, um, but his red zone targets are, are pretty fair. I think uh, he, he, he looks good in the red zone. He's a phenomenal receiver. and Yeah, there's no doubt about that. I mean, he, he's – just admit you're wrong. How about all, that? all of our top five are phenomenal wide receivers. This isn't this isn't me arguing that Julio Jones is. I don't think the twentieth best receiver in the league. He's number five. I don't think Devontae Adams is a phenomenal yeah, well, receiver. You guys, so. he, he's still in your top ten. He's still in both of your guys. Doesn't top make 10. him phenomenal. That's phenomenal. Makes That's him a good. number one wide receiver. Makes him good. Makes him phenomenal. <laughs> all right. You all know. right. Tyler. Uh, Tyler gave us his number five and Julio. TJ, who do you have at number five? Well, I'm going to go to uh, America's team, the Giants, the New York <laughs> – uh, the New York Giants. Sorry, sorry. I, I don't know where that came from. I'm going to go to the dog pound. That's just a, 
subconscious animosity toward well, I'm looking real at, America's team. You're wearing a, a, Cowboys. a Cowboys jersey. You got a Longhorns flag behind you. I, I don't, I don't want to see all that. Give it up for Dak, so, baby. My number five is, I wouldn't say it's too surprising, but it is a little bit of an interesting pick. Um, I have Odell Beckham Jr. at my number five. There's really? A, <laughs> yeah, really. There's a lot of reasons why. And you can't really look at his stats last year because the guy didn't have a lot of stats last year. But what you can look at is Odell is a receiver who likes to make big plays. I see someone like Odell going over and playing with someone like Baker Mayfield, who had a great rookie season, and I can only see him getting better. And now he's got Jarvis Landry over there, and he's got David Njoku over there, Nick Chubb um, with the addition of Kareem Hunt later in the season. I think that that offense is going to do uh, wonders this year. I think we might actually see a playoff appearance by the Browns at the end of the season. We'll see. Wouldn't that be a miracle? <laughs> I, uh... I think Odell um, coming into the Browns, going over to Cleveland, is going to really shake things up. And I think he's still going to remain as a top-tier receiver and for fantasy. And I think uh, Baker Mayfield is quite the step up from Eli Manning at this point in his career. So I think he's going to really – I think he has a good chance of being even higher on the list than top five. Um, I have him at my number five. I think he has a good chance of being higher. I just was a little worrisome because with Jarvis Landry there, who people sleep on Jarvis Landry. He, he had a great season last year for Jarvis Landry. And uh, what I do like, one thing I do like, is that Jarvis Landry and Odell Beckham Jr. both played at LSU. They both played together. So they already have chemistry. I don't know what chemistry is going to do for two receivers, but I, they have it. So that's always a plus for me when somebody, <laughs> when somebody plays college ball together. I like that. Well, I mean, I guess we're just going to be in agreement on the rest of the list, TJ. Oh, you have Odell? It's also Odell. Um, last year he played in 12 games with the New York Eli Mannings, which is why they did miss the playoffs. Um, he does have a little bit of an injury history. That's why he's yes, at he five and not higher. Because we all recognize that Odell – is probably based just on talent, the most talented wide receiver in football. That's just on talent. It's hard to measure that kind of stuff, but he's missed um, 20 games since 2014. Yeah, That's the real scary part of Odell. It's not Eli Manning. It's not their bad offensive line over in New York, which got him sacked a ton. It's that he's missed 20 games since 2014. Now, his biggest reason for optimism is that Odell in New York before Saquon Barkley is doubled every single play. Even with Saquon Barkley, a lot of the time he was doubled on obvious passing downs, but Saquon helped with that. But before Saquon, he was doubled all the time, had one of the highest uh, double team rates among wide receivers in the NFL. Well, if you go to Cleveland, he's got Jarvis Landry, who's – Pretty much a, a top twenty receiver. He was a top. He was a top twenty receiver last year. David and is a top seven or eight tight end. Yeah. You got Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt running the ball. There is no way that they consistently double team Odell when he's in Cleveland. There's no way. There's too many weapons for Cleveland or on Cleveland's offense for you to consistently double team Odell. Or Jarvis Landry might just make the top ten. <laughs> exactly, and I think I think it was it was a, a good move for uh, fantasy football for Odell to leave the Giants because Eli is slipping, 
And with Saquon there, Saquon's going to suck up all the stats. So it's good for him to go to Cleveland. I understand someone like David Njoku and someone like Jarvis Landry could still um, take away from his stats. But I think he was underutilized for the Giants. So I think going to the Cleveland Browns is going to is going to start utilizing him even better. And I think, look, you got you got a young quarterback in Baker Mayfield. Uh, Baker Mayfield just wants to just wants to be heard. He wants to throw the ball. He wants to get the stats built up. So I think at the end of the season, we're going to look at Odell Beckham Jr. and he's going to do uh, phenomenal. He's going to be that number one receiver on the Browns. I think that's I think that's a pretty clear cut answer. I think Jarvis Landry will also. I think Jarvis Landry will still be a he'll be a top fifteen receiver at the end of the year. I think the Browns will have two guys in that top 15 range. I just personally think that um, the reason Odell is not higher on my list is simply because of his injuries and his injury problem in the past. And I just wonder if that's going to play into this season. Yeah. I, I don't even have Odell in my top 10. Oh, uh, and it's mainly because Crazy. of what you guys said. Uh, yeah. Injuries. I, I, I don't like him for injuries. I can't, you can't count on the man to stay healthy. And I, I, I don't think Odell really, is passionate about playing football. He's more of a guy who I play it because I'm good at it. And those and he's guys, very good at yeah, it. Yeah, and so. but those guys never really stay for very long. I mean, Odell, he's a great wide receiver. I have him at number twelve. He's still a number one wide receiver in the league. Uh, there's no qualms about that. I just I don't have him at number five because I I don't think he's better than the other guys I have on the list because of his injuries. And just look at the team. You have so much, so many personalities on that team. You have Baker. You have Odell, you have Jarvis, Antonio Callaway is kind of one of those guys. And Freddie Kitchens, it depends how he's going to be uh, handling that situation. It's his first year as a head coach. I mean, he's, yeah. he's unproven. So Freddie Kitchens is the guy who's going to bring all this together. And well, I think that Odell isn't going to do as good and probably will get injured this year. I, I would say, as much as it pains me to say it, because Baker Mayfield played at a – disgusting college um he is a good leader and i think yeah, i think o odell beckham jr will be more inclined to follow the lead because baker mayfield is a playmaker he's he's more odell's age he's not 37 or whatever like eli <laughs> and he he speaks everybody else listens he's already the the leader in cleveland I think Odell kind of falls in line on the football field more than people expect him to. Odell off the football field, God only knows. He's uh he's the type of guy though. Last year when he was on the Giants, he caught or he had thirty three point three percent, which is exactly one third if you're keeping track, of the Giants team receiving yards and total uh, receiving touchdowns. He accounted for one third of the. Giants entire passing game in 12 games I just don't I don't think that a guy like that with that much production who we've all seen as the red zone threat he is he's number three in end zone targets he I don't see how and don't forget he can throw the ball too if we remember occasionally that he throws the ball stay, stay <laughs> Look, I don't I, see I, how a guy like that isn't in this conversation oh yeah I agree he's a top 10 receiver and I think you're right I mean you got a bunch of young guys. Look, Freddie Kitchens, it's kind of, I mean, who cares who the coach is for the Browns? We're not talking about who's going to get wins this season. We're talking about stats. And at the end of the year, Baker Mayfield had great stats and Jarvis Landry had great stats. I mean, 
and I can only foresee Jarvis Landry is not nearly as good as Odell is. So putting Odell on that team, he's going to get at minimum, at minimum, um, Jarvis Landry stats, which was top 15 stats. I think, uh, I think Jarvis Landry is about two times worse than Odell. So I think he's going to end up at that five spot. And I think with all the young guys there with Baker, uh, everybody, everybody on that team is young. The defense, the, the coach, well, I don't know if the coach is young, but he's a new coach. But everybody on the team is young, so they're going to all mold together. And I, I'm really, I'm really anxious to see what that first game looks like because I think that'll really set a tone for the season. That first game, I think, is going to be the, the tone setter for the rest of the season. If they come out and they blow up the stats, I think, I think it's going to be like that all season. If they come out and they start slow and 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 maybe Odell doesn't get too involved, I think that unfortunately might be a bit of a showing for the rest of the season yeah well hey. oh go ahead i was just gonna say it doesn't have anything to do with fantasy football i've just been thinking if cleveland does win the super bowl eventually are we gonna go to the party in cleveland <laughs> dude i'll fly us all out to cleveland we'll go out there i know a I sweet spot i don't know if the city is gonna survive when the browns win the super bowl <laughs> no well i think uh, i think if they do make it if they make it to the playoffs and they go and they win their first. They win a playoff game. They'll be. Tears. I think. I think we need to go to Cleveland and and at least be on the streets during that game. Yeah. Well, you know, uh, just one more thing on Odell. What a buzzkill! We're well, sitting here having a good talk, and he's like, "Oh wait, well, okay, one more thing. Well, Tell you guys think stat. he's going to win the Super Bowl? They're going up against the Ravens twice a year, who has one of the best. I'm saying eventually. I'm not saying this year. Okay. Okay. They've got a good nucleus now. That's fine, and eventually they'll have to pay everyone, and that's not going to happen. So it, it's a it's a three year little project that Freddie Kitchens is doing here. But like I said, Odell's great. But let let's just take him out for his average uh, time off the field, three games. That 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 doesn't seem unfair with Odell. Three games off the field, he gets maybe thirteen hundred yards. That's awesome. But I just think my other receivers on this list are going to have over thirteen hundred yards. Almost every single one of them on my list had over 1,300 yards last year. And if you guys say they're only going to get better, I, I, I don't see how Odell is going to be number five with guys that we have on our list that can put up a lot more yards and well, most of the time stay healthy. That is, that is where you're right. It is a complete prediction. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it's, it's not a – it's not set in stone. That's why I said we can't really bring up many stats – I mean, we can say he was the number one guy in a stud with Eli in, in, in New York, but I don't think we can really bolster any stats that are going to decline whoever your top five is. Yeah, well, if he, if he plays 16 games, I, I'd feel confident putting him in my top ten. But that's he's the going, only thing. He's, he's going he, to play 16 he's games. He's not going to play 16 games. So he's, gonna play he's 16 not going to be in the top ten. He'll be All there right. for 16 games. Who's six? Well, Tyler, who's your number five, pal? What, what are Julio you Jones. Julio Jones. Okay, uh, Odell Jones. So. Yeah, I discussed that Come one on, number five above Odell. Six, Tyler. Number uh, six for me, uh, I feel like, is the guy who is fifth in NFL history for receptions in a season. Ooh. It is Michael Thomas. I feel like I kind of disrespected him on my list, put him at number six. I feel like he should have been higher, but there's just so many good players above him. But like I said, he was he's fifth in NFL history last year in receptions in a season. Yeah. He had Thanks. nine touchdowns. 1,405 yards, uh, 147 targets. He, he's a if – you, if you play in a PPR league, this man will get you to the playoffs with how many receptions he gets. He, Drew Brees is older. He doesn't like to chunk it down the field as much. 
And who does he have there sitting 10 yards down the field? It's Michael Thomas. Michael Thomas just catches the ball. He might not get you a bunch oh. of yards after catch, but he will catch that ball. And that's why I like uh, Michael Thomas there. I just wanted to say one thing why he's at number six and not higher, though, is his inconsistency. Uh, the first three weeks, he started off amazing. 100-plus yard games in those first three weeks, two. Uh, Double-digit targets, three in the first three weeks. Receptions, double-digit receptions, three in the first three weeks. Now, after that, weeks four to 17, his 100-plus yard games were two. His double-digit targets were three. And his double-digit receptions are three. So they're the exact same as week one through three. He blew up in week one through three. But in weeks four through 17, he, he did the exact same thing. Yeah, I like, I, I like Michael Thomas. I, 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 don't, I don't have too much argument with that. I, I debated um, for a while on where Michael Thomas should go on my list. I went a different direction. But I think, yeah, Michael Thomas is a phenomenal receiver. Um, I'm just worried about um, – well, I'm not – He's in the NFL record book, books, TJ. Well, okay, so. here's my deal on Michael Thomas. So, Michael Thomas – it's crazy to think about he got 147 targets and caught the ball 125 of those times. That, that was going to be my point is out of, out of my top, uh, well, pretty much my whole top 10, um, he was targeted the, the least amount of times with the most receptions. So he had like the most everything, receptions. Everything he Drew Brees threw at him, he yep. caught. And here, hear, here's – I'm going. One thing. I'm going. Okay. You want to hear another cool stat about um, how good of a receptionist? Hmm. That's uh, a different thing. Receiver? Receiver, perhaps? Yeah. Uh, the greatest thing about him is, uh, yes, he had the most amount of receptions for the least amount of targets, but he also had 28 red zone targets and 23 red zone receptions. That means only five times he did not get that ball. That's so crazy. It is. And so his hands are great. His hands are great. So, uh, yeah, I, I really debated bringing him up higher on my yeah. list. I didn't. Here's my reason. But, yeah. Okay, I, I did a lot of research on this. Here's my reason for putting him at six, not in the top five. Because, obviously, if we're talking real football, he's a top five wide receiver. At least he plays like one. If we're talking fantasy football, here's my reasoning. All right? Michael Thomas plays on the New Orleans Saints. Okay? Drew Brees is a great quarterback. Drew Brees isn't my reasoning. My reasoning is this. I did research all the way back till 2010, okay? And since 2010, I looked for all running backs since 2010 that had 80 receptions, okay? And what I did is I looked and, see, and tried to see of those years where a running back had 80 receptions, did they have a wide receiver on their team in the top five in fantasy, all right? So I did this all the way back to 2010, okay? The entirety of my list goes like this. Antonio Brown. That's it. He did it with Le'Veon Bell. He was the only one ever. The closest guy is Michael Thomas. He finished six last year when Alvin Kamara caught 80 passes. The only guy besides those two to ever do it was Alshon Jeffrey when Matt Forte caught 100 passes. Alshon Jeffrey was the 10th receiver. Those are the only guys ever close. Michael Thomas is the only guy to ever get close to Antonio Brown, who finished number one, by the way, when Le'Veon Bell had 80 catches, which is crazy. But it is so, so hard for a receiver to be in the top five when their running back catches that many passes. It's so hard for him. That's so many receptions 
that they have to get back to be a top five fantasy receiver. Michael Thomas is the closest one to Antonio Brown to ever do it. And there've only been, there's only been one guy to ever be a top five fantasy wide receiver when their running back catches 80 passes. Yeah. I, yeah. Like I said, Michael Thomas is great. Um, I didn't put him that high on the list and that's actually a pretty interesting stat to hear. I think, I just think there'll be a slight um, drop off. Look, Alvin Kamara is is an animal. Alvin Kamara is another stat leader. We keep talking about these teams that have got two or three guys that are like the top five at their positions in fantasy, and this happens to be one of them. You the got Saints got robbed. Yeah, you got you got Drew Brees, you got Alvin Kamara, and you got Michael Thomas, all top five, top ten guys in their position fantasy wise. I just think it's going to be. Look, I don't I don't just take a list and say, oh, this guy was this position last year. I'm going to put him there. I like to say, okay. What could go wrong? What could go better for that person? I have a few dark horses on my list. But as for me, my number six is where you should put your number six receiver. I'm going to tell you right now. It is Mike Evans, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers wide receiver. Now, I personally love Mike Evans. I think he is a phenomenal receiver. He's also a massive human. He's six foot five, two hundred and thirty-one pounds for a receiver. Tallest receiver in the NFL, by the way. Yes, and that is one of the reasons why he does what he does. The only the only downside to having Michael Thomas on your team is Jameis Winston. That's really the only downside. This guy is consistently in the top uh, ten at stat on stats for fantasy football. The only real downside is James Winston. Aside from Jameis Winston, I guess Bruce Arians could be another downside to that team. I don't know. I, I, I am not a Bruce Arians guy. He, he's, a, he's a horrible coach, and I hate his glasses and his whole look. I can't stand him. Anyways, what was awesome about him is at the end of the year, all the top receivers, one thing they have in common is that they end the year off with the most receiving yards, and he was third. He had 15-24, and he was 11th in touchdowns. He had eight, which was the same as Julio, mind you. So he ended off with Julio – pretty much the same stats as Julio on the receiving yards and the touchdowns go. He was ninth in receptions with 86, which is the Tariq Hill number, 87. And then he had the most or the ninth most targets in 139. At the end of the season, you're looking at a guy who is consistently good, consistently getting points, and consistently in the top 10 of receivers for fantasy. So I think for putting him at six, it's a really good pick for me. They got Chris Goodwin over there, or Chris Godwin, Godwin Chris Godwin over there. Um, they have O.J. Howard, and they have Cameron Brake. They run the two tight ends thing. It's dumb. And then they have Peyton Barber at that running back position. I think at the end of the season, we're going to see Jameis Winston, who's going to get better. I think Jameis Winston will have a better season, which will translate to Mike Evans having a better season. Mike Evans does well with whatever quarterback's back there. He did good with Fitz Magic when he was there. He's done good with Jameis Winston every year he's been there. I think he's going to end up at the end of the season at that sixth spot. I didn't bring him higher on my list because, again – Jameis Winston, even if he does good, he's still going to be Jameis Winston. Well, there's a reason besides Jameis Winston for why he's behind Mike, Michael Thomas. What is that? Wait, That's was, Michael, was Ma- Michael Thomas on your list? Michael Thomas was number six for me and John. Come on, man. Oh, I'm not paying attention. No. I'm not paying attention to the numbers at all. But yeah. why don't you tell me why, he's, why uh, you think Michael Thomas because is better than Mike Evans? I do have Mike Evans at seven, so I'm not – I don't yeah. feel like I'm. I don't feel like I'm really going hard at Mike Evans. Um, he gets all these yards. He's in the top five in yards of or in catches of twenty plus yards. Okay, he had 139 targets, which is a little low. But then again, his quarterback situation isn't great. It is low. 
Um, he was number eight in total touchdowns. He was number four in yards per uh, reception, number five in yards per target. Only had eight drops for the whole year, and he played all 16 games. He's a durable guy, which I always love. And he's number five in the contested catch rate that I love. But that all sounds like a top five receiver. What makes him number seven or lower is that he's never in his entire career had a year where he's caught 100 passes. It's 87 or 86, I'm sorry, 86, 71, 96, 75, 68. Yeah, he's I've never, been- never been a guy that can get into the top of the – leaderboard because he just doesn't catch the ball enough and he's not Tyreek Hill so he doesn't yeah I think Tyreek Hill does yeah I think uh look I think again the quarterback situation has been not so good for the last few years Mike Evans is is a clear number one over there uh with the you know with Chris Godwin there's a good number a good number two over there so I think at the end of the season though he's gonna he's gonna pick up that receiving total that reception total and I think Jameis Wentz is gonna get better this, again, is, you know, when we get to this level, six back, it's all really opinion at this point. I just think at the end of the season, Michael Thomas fell a little further on my list than you two, but he, he's still on the top ten list. I just think Mike Evans is a better receiver in general than Michael Thomas. I think he's a bigger guy. I, I love those bigger guys. When, I, when I'm drafting receivers in my fantasy league, I always try and get the biggest – Tallest receiver I can. You should get Hakeem Butler then. Well, I avoid I avoid the shorter guys. I had I had Deshaun Jackson on my team way back in the day, but I hated it every morning. I woke up feeling sick to my stomach that he was on my team. But I have Mike Evans on my team now, and every morning I wake up and the birds are chirping. I think with Mike Evans, he he was a phenomenon. Well, I don't want to say phenomenon. He was a solid, good number one receiver when he was in college at A and M with Johnny Manziel. He's a solid, good number one receiver, number one receiver with Jameis Winston at the Buccaneers. And I don't foresee that changing. Last year, he ended the season off at that number six spot. I got him exactly where he was. I got him right in the same spot. That, that's great. I, I have Mike Evans at number seven with Jonathan. Main reason why? Inconsistency. I hate inconsistency in receivers. You're inconsistent, Tyler. How about that? I'm consistent with my rankings. He's at number seven. That's one below where he finished with all these receivers being better. I feel like Mike Evans is perfect at number seven. Now, the inconsistencies are in five games, he only had 60 yards with no touchdown. So that, that's five games in the year that he's not scoring any points for you, really. He's a number, that's a number three or number four wide receiver right there, just 60 yards, no touchdown. The good thing is, is he was second in 100-plus yard games. He had eight of them. He was only behind Julio Jones in 100-plus yard games. So he, he's a beast. And Bruce Arians, eight out of his 11 years as a head coach, has produced a top 15 wide receiver. So I, I, I don't think that Mike Evans is going to fall that much. I like him at number seven. Well, I, I got him at number six. Number seven, it's the same thing. And from what I can hear, John's got him at seven, too. So, I mean, at the end of the season, he's going to be in that six-seven range. I think since we're pretty much all in agreement on that one, you know, get him in that six, seven wide receiver range. Okay, let's move on to that number seven spot. I have a Mr. Antonio Brown. I don't think I've heard his name mentioned yet, have I? No. Okay, Antonio Brown. Now, obviously, Antonio Brown put up top number one stats last year. He was the number one touchdown leader with 15. He was the number five reception leader with 104. 
He was the number three targets with 168, and he was the number 11th in the yards with 1297. I think his move to Oakland is going to significantly lower those numbers. You look at someone like Derek Carr, there was one year where him and Amari Cooper actually did something. And then since then, he's done nothing, absolutely nothing. I think Odell or Antonio Brown is still going to be Antonio Brown. He's still going to be a top-tier receiver. I just don't see him getting nearly the stats he got with Ben Roethlisberger. 15 touchdowns, I mean, really, with 168 targets, third most in the NFL. I don't see Derek Carr putting up those kind of tosses to him. I think at the end of the season, it's more about when we talk about Antonio Brown, it's more about why he's where he's at lower on the list. And I think it's mainly because of the team he's on. I don't need to go over all his stats. I don't need to go over what he did last year because everyone knows he did really great. But at the end of the season, he decided he wanted to play somewhere else. And now he's in Oakland. And that's a big downgrade at quarterback and at team. Yeah, I, also I, think, I also think it's a downgrade at coach. I don't think John Gruden – John Gruden seems like he's not really there as far as coaching goes compared to old Mike Tomlin. Yeah, I, Antonio Brown's going to have lower points. I think everybody gets that. The question is, is he still going to be a top-10 receiver? Um, it's borderline for me. You have him at seven. Um, I'm going to have him at the next spot at eight. So, I mean, he's in the back half for me. And I don't even know if I truly believe that he's going to stay in the top ten. I just think it's still Antonio Brown. He's still young enough. They're going to throw him the ball enough. He'll squeak into the top ten. Yeah, I, I, I sort of have your sentiment with I'm not even 100% sure he's going to be in the top ten. I just did it out of respect for him. Because, look, he's still going to put up numbers. He's still going to be a good receiver. So at the end of the season, he's still going to do, you know, somewhat, some semblance of what he did last year. He's just not going to get 15 touchdowns in the third most targets and the, what is it, the, the fifth most receptions. That's not going to happen. Yeah, and the, I, I have him at number 11, so he's not in my top 10, mainly because he went to the Raiders. Uh, the reason he, I think he's not going to do as good is because when he was with Pittsburgh, Big Ben trusted him so much. He's not a big wide receiver. He's a smaller guy. But Big Ben, yeah, Big Ben would throw it to him way down the field when there's two guys covering him because he trusted Antonio Brown to come down with the ball, even though he's only 5'10". I don't think Derek Carr is that kind of quarterback like Big Ben is. He, it's going to take him some time to trust Antonio Brown, even though he knows that Antonio Brown's one of the best wide receivers in the league. I think it's going to take him some time to actually be able to throw the ball down the field to him. Uh, when he's double covered or when he has a cornerback who's four inches taller than him. I, I don't believe in Derek Carr. I don't believe in Gruden. Uh, I don't believe in this Oakland Raiders team. But Antonio Brown still is one of the best wide receivers in the league. So he's at number 11 for me. He's just not making the top 10. Hmm. That's interesting. I just think uh, out of respect for the man, uh, he's going to have to make that top 10 list for me. Tyler, what do you got at your numbers? What are we on, seven? Number eight now. Oh, we're on number eight. Yeah, me and John had uh, Mike Evans at number seven, and you had Antonio Brown. Okay, well, what do you got at the number eight then? Number eight, I have a guy that I don't think is on either one of your lists because y'all are so disrespectful, just like you are to Devontae Adams. I have T.Y. Hilton. Now, he, you guys say these 30-year-olds are young. He's a little bit older. He's 30. And uh, he plays with one of the best quarterbacks – in the league last year, and Andrew Luck, who was healthy. Now, Tyreek Hill, in 2016, when he played a full season with 
Andrew Luck. He was wide receiver number five. He had 91 receptions, 1,448 yards, and six touchdowns. He's not a touchdown machine, so but he is a yardage guy. Now, in 2018, he only played 14 games. He had 17 or 76 receptions for 1,270 yards and, again, six touchdowns. If you uh, put that out over 16 games, in 2018, he would have had around 87 receptions, 1,450 yards, and seven touchdowns. Now, I don't know about you, but that sounds very similar to his number five wide receiver year. And that's why I have him up there. He has a 22% target share in that uh, Colts offense, which is only 20th in the league for wide receivers. So it's not like he's breaking that top 10 in target shares, but he just does so much with it. And like I said, he's not a He's not a red zone guy. He only had 13% of the red zone target share last year, which was 79th in the league. Uh, he, he makes his plays like Tyreek Hill. He makes them down the field. That's where he gets all of his points, except for he's a little bit more consistent than Tyreek Hill is. And I think I love the pieces they added around him. I like Devin Funches, even though he has butterfingers. I think that Devin Funches is a good add there. He's a red zone target. It's going to – and Paris Campbell – they're going to they're gonna make the defense have to cover more than just T.Y. Hilton. They kind of had it last year in Eric Ebron. It's just everyone didn't believe Eric Ebron could do anything, so they all covered T.Y. Hilton. I think this year, with those additions to the offense, I think that T.Y. Hilton could have a 2016-esque season, and that's why he's at my number eight. Out of well, respect, T.J. Respect, respect. man. Respect or not, T.Y. Hilton's a really good receiver who deserves anybody's top 15 uh, draft pick. My problem is that when it comes to Andrew Luck, he likes that tight end passing game with the play action to T.Y. Hilton, right? That's that's his passing game. He's throwing to Jack Doyle and Eric Ebron most plays and T.Y. Hilton on the big post route. My problem is that they just drafted the T.Y. Hilton clone. Pretty much Paris Campbell is T.Y. Hilton 10 years ago. Paris Campbell is impressing a lot of people. He is going to start. Does Paris Campbell being the identical receiver take away from T.Y. Hilton? And does Mark, Marlon Mack, because Marlon Mack's going to run a lot more this year. Does Marlon Mack take away from T.Y. Hilton? I, I don't think so. I mean, you guys have talked to me before about how Josh Jacobs doesn't take away from Antonio Brown. So, I mean, why, why would Marlon Mack? And then on the well, West Campbell. I, I say that, Tyler, because on a bad team, I get the situation because there's Josh yeah. Jacobs and there's Antonio Brown. On a team like Indy, there's like five options, though, or six options that are good. That Whoa. that. Yeah, but you don't you don't hear that with the Rams. The Rams have five or six good options, That's and I true. I think that Andrew Luck's a better quarterback than Jared Goff. He might not have a better coach, but he's a better quarterback. Well, you're I mean, this guy replaced this Peyton Manning. He's a good quarterback. Did he? He replaced one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time in Peyton Manning. Now, on the wide receiver in Paris Campbell, uh, little argument you had there. Rookie wide receivers don't really do much. I mean, you've had in the past five years, you've had Mike Evans do really good his rookie season. You've had Juju yeah, and you've had Odell. We yeah. all had a top 10 receiver that was a rookie on our list. So they do do well occasionally. Oh, okay. Uh, Juju. We, none of us have a rookie on our list. Juju Smith-Schuster. He's not a rookie. That's his year. third year in the league. Oh, oh. Yeah. So I don't. I'm out of my mind. Anyways, like I was saying, 
I, I don't think that messes with them. You you didn't ask the question like that about McCall Harmon and Tyreek Hill. McCall Harmon, he's not he's not going to be as good as Tyreek Hill, but he is in all aspects. He's an identical player as Tyreek Hill. I, I I don't see why Paris Campbell would take anything away. I Devin Funches isn't even going to take anything away. He's not a downfield no, player. I, I think in two or three years, yes, Look, Paris Campbell could take away from Tyreek Hill or T. Y. Hilton in two or three years. But this year. If he stays healthy and if Andrew Luck stays healthy, he's going to have a 1,400, maybe 1,500-yard receiving season. And yeah. I think that's good enough for number eight. Look, I removed T.Y. Hilton from my list altogether. He's getting up there in age with the addition of the new players they have with Jack Doyle coming back. And I guess everybody loves Eric Ebron now. Um, quick question for you, Tyler. Um, Devin Funches, do you have any idea what college he went to? Uh, I think he went to Michigan. He went to the greatest college in the history of Football. That was off the top of my head. I, I really had Me no now. clue where he went for a second there. <laughs> huh. Interesting. Well, uh, all right. So in transition from the greatest college of all time, I'm going to toss in my number well, eight. Well, wait a second. I just wanted to add before you do that, uh, you said he's getting up there in age. You guys didn't say that about Antonio Brown or mm. uh, oh, Julio yeah. Jones. They're all the same oh. age. Oh, okay. Was, uh, was Julio Green Jones – Oh, I guess Julio Jones and Antonio Brown are equal to T.Y. Hilton. Huh? Well, T.Y. Hilton no, hasn't had close. the quarterbacks that they've had. Oh, so. you just said the replacement for Peyton Manning, Andrew Luck. Yeah, Andrew Luck has been hurt every time. single year he's been in the league. Okay, you just said that. 2016 and 2018 no. were his only healthy years. T.Y. Hilton but go ahead and give me your Hilton, number eight. That's not better Hilton than T.Y. Hilton. Is not, well, he is because he's already been in your list. T.Y. Hilton is not uh, a top two oh. this year. He might end up being, uh, you know, the number 12, number 13. 14, maybe 15 guy, but at the end of the season with the addition of the new players they have, plus Jack Doyle coming back, Jack Doyle playing a full season is going to have a big effect on everybody receiving the ball on that team. But nobody is a downfield threat like T.Y. Hilton. But it, it doesn't matter. Who, That's where he gets his receptions. Who was, not the, who was the stat leader on the, on the Indianapolis Colts for receiving? It was Eric Ebon, not T.Y. Hilton. There's a reason for that. And Jack Doyle is by far – a better tight end than Eric Ebron. Yeah, I said he doesn't make a lot of receptions. He still had 91 receptions in 2016. He had 76 this year. But if you look at fantasy points, T.Y. Hilton was about 15 slots removed from Eric Ebron. Eric Ebron beat him out. And I'm not saying Eric Ebron is going to be the guy. I'm saying with Jack Doyle there and Eric Ebron there that they're going to remove even touchdowns more. Touchdowns and okay. receptions. And touchdowns is what matters. Uh, look, I'm going right. to talk about T.Y. Hilton. He's not you a good – you gave your eight, right, TJ? No. I gave my eight. I was trying to talk, and then you cut me off. Well, I was just doing the age thing. All right. That's I, all right. Mine was Antonio Brown, Tyler, had T.Y., TJ. Who's your eight? Michael Thomas. He just fell that far down my list. I mean, you know, I, I just – you got to make some judgment calls, and I thought Antonio deserved a spot above him. I thought Mike Evans deserved a spot above him, and I thought Odell deserved a spot above him. You just got to make some judgment calls, and, and Michael Thomas fell on my list a little bit. Um, I don't have too much to be said about him that hasn't already been said. So, I mean, I'm just going to leave it at that's where he's at on my list. I think at the end of the season, he's going to end up with less than he had this year. He's going to end up in a, in a lower position, uh, but he's still a top 10 receiver in my book. Yeah, that, 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 that's fine. I mean, I we had him at number arguments. six, so it's, it's not, yeah, there's, it's not a big, there's jump. no real argument with the Michael Thomas. I think uh, um, this, this one, we're going to see if John's got him on the list. We know Tyler does it. His number two spot. Disrespecting. Devontae Adams. Mm. At nine? Devontae Adams. What's that? At, At nine. nine. Yes, we're talking about nine. Uh, Devontae Adams. I, I got him so far down my list. 
Uh, it's not even funny. I really wanted to just take his paper, throw it up, throw it across the room. I'm not a big Devontae Freeman or Devontae Adam guy. I think I think he was a bit of a fluke last year. But he had 13 touchdowns, which was second most in the league. Whoop-de-doo. I mean, he had the fourth most receptions. He had the second most targets. Touchdowns are what matters, you said. No, they don't matter. Just I, a second with Eric Ebron. You said touchdowns are what matter and T.Y. Hilton. So yes, why, why do you have Devontae Adams so, so low? If he had touchdowns say? Okay, year. listen, Tyler, you got to listen. Touchdowns are what matter in fantasy football. Yes. Is 13 touchdowns going to be what he gets next year? Probably more. No, he's not. That's my point. I'm not – I already I, – we just had this conversation. I said Eric Ebron's not going to get all the stats he got. But with, okay. you know, sometimes you just got to lower your standards when you're talking to people with less knowledge than you, which is what I've done on this podcast today. <clears throat> Anyways. No, the only I, reason – Devontae Adams is so low for me is because of that contested catch rate. Yeah, Devontae Adams is – look, he had 31 targets in the red zone. Got the ball 16 times. Turned that into 12 touchdowns. He had 13 touchdowns, which means he's a red zone threat, which is good, but that's all the touchdowns he has is in the red zone. 13 total touchdowns, 12 in the red zone. Now, it's good to have Aaron Rodgers on your team, and it's good to have Devontae Freeman, but when I look at that – he had 12 touchdowns, which is what got him to the top of the list. His yards, he was the seventh in yards. He was the fourth in receptions. I mean, all these guys that I put above him did better than he did in receptions and yards. But at the end of the season, what got him his points was his second most touchdowns with 13. 12 of those he got in the red zone, which means he can't make moves in the open field, which means he can't get to the end zone unless he's in the red zone. And I think at the beginning of this year, I think that uh, – we're going to see a deep decline in Devontae Adams. Yeah, I mean, all of them were in the red zone, but you have to take into account Aaron Rodgers was hurt all year. He, he couldn't throw the ball down the field. He, if you look at the stats, he's pretty low on air yards. So it's, it's all a new thing. And I think just, just because Aaron Rodgers did so good, even when he was injured, I think that this year, if he's healthy, Devontae Adams can only go up from where he was last year. Yeah, I mean, look, I just don't think he's going to be – I almost took him out of my top two completely and added a strange person in there, but I didn't. I didn't. John, who's your number nine? What are you looking at? Oh, is it my turn? Okay. Well, Let's... you had nothing to say about Devontae Adams, so go ahead, mister. No, All right. Contested catches. Oh, okay. I just, I just don't trust Devontae Adams yet. I might next year, but I, I'm not there yet. Yeah. My number nine is Amari Cooper. Oh, Oh, surprising. Hey, John, can I ask you a question real quick? Aren't you a Cowboys fan? I am a Cowboys fan. Oh, okay. I was just curious how Amari Cooper got on your list. I, I was just oh. wondering. Okay. I was just curious. Well, I'll, I'll, I'll explain. So, during Amari Cooper's time in Oakland, the first two years it looked like him and Derek Carr had built sort of a rapport. He was a young receiver who had two 1,000-yard years, which is good. Um, his third year he dropped off a lot. And his fourth year with the Raiders, he dropped off even more with, uh, during their six games to open up the year. It was a 22 reception for 280-yard first six games. It's pretty terrible. Yeah. He goes to Dallas, and in nine games, he catches 53 catches for 725 yards and six touchdowns. Well, what's the difference? Well, the difference is Dak throws to him Almost double the amount of times Derek Carr did. That's the difference. D Dak Prescott already trusts 
Amari Cooper twice as much as Derek Carr ever did. I don't for the life of me know why Derek Carr didn't trust Amari Cooper more. Um, he's only missed three games in four years. So my durability love is there with Amari Cooper. He's going to be there for you when you need him. He is, he is the feast or famine. Like I get that. He's a little bit like Tyreek Hill. Um, but he did have a game where he had over 200 yards last year. He averaged eight and a half targets a game when, when he went to Dallas, I should say, when he went to Dallas. All this shows me that he is going to be around the top 10 conversation, and I can, I can be okay predicting him at number nine. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm, I'm looking at Amari Cooper, and he, he really has not a lot to show. I get that he plays for the Cowboys now and that he uh, is with a quarterback who can, who can really do some damage and with a running back who can do some damage. I like it. I have Amari Cooper at my like 13 spot. I just think he's not going to quite reach the top 10 this year. I don't have any real arguments with you. I mean, you know, that, that last nine or 10 spot could be anybody, you know. There's, there's bound to be somebody that jumps into the top 10 that wasn't projected to be in the top 10 this year. Probably even somebody we're not talking about. But I, I don't have too much problem with putting Amari Cooper in the top 10. Like I said, he's like my 13. I just don't think um, this year is going to be – uh, top 10 stat for him. I don't think this year's going to do it. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm about with TJ. He's at my, like, 13 or 14. Uh, it's, it's, like you said, the inconsistency. I don't like it in him, but uh, you were saying his third year, he didn't play that well. Uh, there's a story that actually came out where Derek Carr, as much as I dislike the man on the football field, he's a great man out off the football field. He said that Amari Cooper was pretty much playing on one leg the whole year. So that, that kind of explains why he didn't do so good his third year. So I, I take that as a fluke season. And I think, I think Amari Cooper is statted out for around 1200 yards. I think he could do it. Dak Prescott loves him. He's the number one option on that team after his Ike Elliott. So I, I have no problem putting him at number nine. He's a good pick. Yeah. I mean, like I said, I'm not too against it. I don't have much problem with it, but I do know, looking at uh, Tyler's paper over here, that uh, there might be a guy on the list that we might have a little bit of an argument with. So, Tyler, why don't you tell us who that is? Well, why, why don't you go first? Because John, since he's a Cowboys fan, gave us Amari Cooper. And already did. What, what fan are you? I already went to Monte Adams, Mr. Bean. Uh, well, yeah, I'm number nine. Yeah, I'm number nine. See, see, you know, well, TJ got confused on. all video. Guys, this is guys, my <laughs> first confusion. So. You, guys are like, you guys are like, oh, TJ, pay attention, pay attention. Like, oh, okay. How about you, Tyler? How about you, Paige? Uh, the one <laughs> time, the, the one time this comes up. But uh, my number nine might be a little bit surprising to some people. It's Cooper Cup. Oh, uh, the white guy. Cooper Cup. The white guy. I don't know what that has to do with anything, <laughs> but uh, yeah, Cooper Cup. Uh, he only played six games last year. He was injured twice. Uh, I believe he did something to his meniscus. He had some sort of injury around week four, and then. Uh, week six or seven, he came back and he tore his ACL. So he was out for the rest of the year. Now, if you if you put his stats over 16 games, this is going to sound crazy, and I'm going to adjust it. But he would have had 93 receptions, not too crazy. It's it's in his range, 1,400 yards in his range. And then if you would have statted out his touchdowns, he would have had 16 touchdowns on the year. Oh, so I, so more I than Antonio? Like I said, I don't think that would have happened over a full NFL season. But you, you probably could have put him at 12 touchdowns. I, I would have had no problem doing that because 
in that offense, he is the only real red zone threat as a wide receiver. And with Todd Gurley having the issues he's having, I think that Cooper Cup, if he can stay healthy, he, he's going to explode. He's not facing the number one corners because they have Brandon Cooks. They, they have all these pieces. He's not going to be the number one wide receiver. Even when he played against the number one cornerback in Patrick Peterson, he still had six targets, six catches, and 60 yards. And that was the game he got hurt in. I mean, uh, Jared Goff also loves the guy. In training camp, Jared Goff and Cooper Cup share the same room. He, he has a connection with the quarterback. The coaches love him. He's the only red zone threat. He, he might be the number three wide receiver on their depth chart, so he's getting the number three corner. I think he, he will explode this year if he can stay healthy, and that's the only real question is if he can stay healthy. The only problem I have with Cooper Cup is a few. is Jared Goff. I don't think he's going to do the same thing he did last year. And if he does, Brandon Cooks and Robert Woods were both top 15 receivers at the end of the season. So I think uh, Cooper Cup is the third. He's the third receiver on that on that roster. And I do agree that, look, I drafted him in my fantasy league. I do agree that he will have a good season if he's healthy. I just don't think that um, he's going to have a top 10 season. I, I do have him in my top, uh, like, 16 or 17. But I don't think at the end of the season he's going to be at that top 10 range. What do you have? Do you have him at 9? I have him at 9. Yeah. yeah, he's not far enough away from me that this would be, like, a giant shock. I have him at 17. Yeah, but um, it's an interesting pick. It's a big, it's a bold one if it comes true. It's a, it's a bold, bold move. It's a if dark it, horse. Yeah, if it happens, if it happens, I will remember, and we will put it on a video. Well, if it does happen, just remember that uh, I was a big fan of him last year. So before he got big, <laughs> uh, where to jump on Tyler's prediction? <laughs> well, since we're talking about dark horses, I had to toss my dark horse into this into these top ten picks, and I really truly believe that this young man has a chance to really do something special. Now, the problem with this guy is the stats don't look too good from last year. But I'm going to explain to everybody why that's not such a big issue. His name is Kenny Galladay. Detroit I'm sorry, Lions. what are you a fan of? Uh, I'm a Detroit Lions fan. Okay. Yeah, okay. yeah. He's a Detroit Lion. He's the number one over there. Now, last year his stats weren't anything special. He had 70 receptions, 119 targets, 1,052 yards, and five touchdowns, which was 30th in the NFL, which is not necessarily good. Good thing I like about Kenny Galladay. Guy is six foot four, 215 pounds. So he's got that big body. He's got that big size. He's got a lot of chances in the red zone. Also, in the red zone, he was five receptions. Turned those into five touchdowns. So congratulations to him. That was off of 15 targets. So we, he's going to have to work on um, his ability to catch the ball in the red zone in the future. I think last year was a tough year for him, especially since Matthew Stafford, uh, turns out, was struggling with a back injury all year and multiple different injuries. I am The only reason I was a little hesitant on putting Galladay in my top ten was because of Matthew Stafford. With the injuries he's been accumulating over the last couple of years, I'm a little worried that he's not going to come out as strong and that towards the middle of the season he's going to start dropping off, which is not good for Kenny Galladay. I just know that um, with the guys on the team, you know, with Marvin Jones, Danny Amendola, I think he's the clear-cut number one. And I don't think either one of them is going to be able to take many stats from him. I think on Johnson also, I said on Johnson would be a top 10 running back at the end of the season. I still hold true to that. And if we're able to get him, you know, 15, hopefully 20 touches a game in the running back, that would be a phenomenal 
opening of the passing game because one thing the Lions haven't had in a while is a good run game. Mm. And I think Carryon Johnson will allow that. And I think uh, Darren Bevel, the new offensive coordinator, is going to really open up the playbook and really get Matthew Stafford and, uh, and uh, Kenny Galladay on the same page. Well, I would, worried, I would be worried about Matthew Stafford's impact too because he's been declining for about three years. It's been a slow decline, yeah, but he has been declining for about three years. Matt Patricia loves running the ball, which we've seen receivers be top 10 in a run-heavy system. Uh, Galladay's red zone uh, catches and targets are broken up. I, I broke him up this way. Uh, in the red zone, he had a decent amount of targets, a decent amount of receptions. In the 10-yard line, he had the same – or he had lower targets inside the 10-yard line than the top 40 receivers. Mm-hmm. He was behind the number 40 spot. Might have been behind the number 50 spot, but I'm not 100% on that stat. Um, he is a guy who has to learn how to have a red zone presence – or he will not succeed, but but he'll get he'll be a top twenty receiver. He was that last year. He was sixteen, but if he is ever going to be a top ten threat, he has to be a red zone threat. Yeah, and, and I agree with that. I agree with that statement. I think it's gonna this whole top ten, this number ten spot for him is gonna hinge on his improvement this year. And I think he's going to improve. I think you only get better as you go on with someone like Matthew Stafford, you may have a certain thought about how he plays the game, but overall he's a good quarterback. He's a solid starter. And so I think as the time progresses with him on the team, and I think this year is going to be the time when it comes to a head that he will continue to get better. And I think that the, he has the body type to be a red zone threat. So I don't foresee him not moving into that position, especially look, he's, he's Megatron. He's, he's Megatron junior. He's Babytron. He's Calvin Johnson's son, okay? So that means a lot these days. We can all harken back to the days of Calvin Johnson and Matthew Stafford. We know the stats in the fantasy points could be out of this world. I'm not saying Kenny Galladay is that, but I am saying Kenny Galladay has an ability to be at least close close to that. Yeah, my, my only problem with him, I have him at like 17, around where you guys have Cooper Cup. My only problem is... Uh, Patricia is going to want to run the ball and run the ball some more and run it a little bit more. I think they'll be in the top five in rushing attempts. Well, here's my thing with that is that, you know, the last couple of years, well, for a while, we haven't been able to run the ball. And yet we still have guys that are in the top 10 every year. And it's, it's a negative thing when you cannot run the ball. If you're able to run the ball, then you have threat in the air and you have threat on the ground. When Beforehand, when the Lions would play football, they had zero threat on the ground. So everybody would just double and triple team Calvin Johnson because that was all that we had, that the, that the Lions had. So I think – I don't think it's going to – I think it's only going to help to have a good running game. Yeah, well, I also wanted to point out that Kenny Galladay put up all of his stats when Golden Tate left and when Marvin Jones was injured. Yeah. He, he, he was the third receiver on that team. Oh, I understand. All, all year until they both got injured. And they brought in Amendola to try and take some of the Golden Tate. <laughs> no, yes. stop it. He's, he's a slot receiver. They brought him in to try to take Golden Tate's receptions. <laughs> he's not going to take Golden Tate's spot. I didn't he is say at he the was. Position. Speaking, that's, speaking that's of Golden Tate. Is he your number 10? Tate, no, Golden Tate is appealing <laughs> a four-game suspension right now. Oh, for what? Um, 
You don't know. You're just reading it off your phone. Violating, uh, violating the NFL's performance-enhancing substance policy. Ah, you got to be careful that. with that. Everything is a performance-enhancing drug nowadays. Yeah. You got to be real careful with that. Anyway, oh. I'll be I'll be real quick. My ten is Devontae Adams. You've all heard why. Yeah, he fell, that far. <laughs> he fell that far down on your list. He's 10. Yeah, I, I, <laughs> well, I mean, 10. me and John kind of both agree about that. I got him at nine. He's got him at 10. I just don't see he, – okay, he was he was top tier last year. I don't see that happening again. I think he's going to have a pretty staunch downfall. So, I, I agree with Jonathan 100% on that. It, it, it's just pure disrespect. But, you know, I, I I understand. He's still in the top 10. It's not a big deal. I, I think he'll barely, stay there. Barely. Well, the he's way. in the top 10 in your guys' list and mine. Uh, my number 10, real quick, is Stefan Diggs. Uh, he out-targeted Adam Thielen. Kirk Cousins really likes him. Uh, he, he, unlike Adam Thielen, has that big play potential. He had 102 receptions for 1,021 yards and nine touchdowns. In 2017, with Case Keenum, he had 849 yards. This was his rookie year, and he had eight touchdowns with Case Keenum. And my last point on him, he has one of the best commercials that a football player has ever done. Yes, yes, time. he does. Amen. That commercial is hilarious. Everything sticks to Stefan Diggs' hands. <laughs> Look, I, I like the Stefan Diggs pick. I don't have any problem with it. I would have probably gone with Adam Thielen over Stefan Diggs, but I hear your point. I agree with Stefan Diggs over Adam Thielen. So there. Yeah, e- either one of the Vikings receivers could easily make the top 10, just like any one of the three Rams receivers could easily make the top 10. It's kind of hard to pick those guys. I think Stefan Diggs is a better receiver overall than Adam Thielen. Um, it's just it was hard for me to put him in my top ten just because you never know over there in Vikings land. Yeah, that's true. But Vikings I mean, land is weird. I, I like yeah. I like Kirk Cousins as this will be a second as year a human being. This will really? no, this will be a second year in Minnesota, and he has put up forty five hundred yards every single year. You guys like that stat with Matt Ryan, so yeah, it's good. There's a uh, Kirk Cousins. No, I I just have a bias against Kirk Cousins. I know I do. I I think Kirk Cousins is trash. But it's not because of fantasy. I get I get involved in the real life football with Kirk Cousins, and I'm not very good about talking about him as a fantasy quarterback. I think Kirk Cousins sucks, and I hope everybody knows it. Yeah, look, uh, Kirk Cousins is good statistically. He's good. He's been good for a while now, and he's going to continue to be good. Uh, quick question, trivia question for you guys before we roll this thing up: uh, What college did he go to, Kirk Cousins? He went to Michigan. No, he Michigan didn't go to Michigan. State. He Michigan went to Michigan State. State. Okay, he went don't to ever, Michigan. Don't ever disrespect Michigan again by saying that. He was a Michigan State player. All right, fellas. Well, that's the that's the podcast. We missed out on Jacob being here, which honestly, yeah. I think things went a little bit smoother, to be honest, without Jacob <laughs> yeah, here. Yeah, no one really hit the table this time. Yeah, nobody hit the table. But uh, I think, yeah, we, we look forward to seeing him again next week. He's going to be back. Um, he'll only we be might, in the hospital for about two more weeks. So I think might be in the uh, hospital. Are you and Jacob doing a makeup podcast when he gets? Yeah, we might do another little extra podcast. So. It'll it'll come out on Twitter if they are. Which follow us on Twitter. We're at Fantasy Squad Win. That's W I N. Uh, and on Instagram, we're at Fantasy Fantasy Squads. That's with an S at the end. So uh, go comment over there. Go interact with us. We tweet all the time and we post Instagram pictures all the time. And uh, if you guys are listening to us as a podcast, go over to our YouTube page. Uh, we're at Fantasy Squad. Look us up. Come see us. Lo- come see us. Uh, our faces to knows what to know what we look like. Uh, and yeah, yeah. TJ, those you of you who are watching uh, our YouTube videos, thank you for looking at us. We try our hardest. 
go ahead and like and subscribe to the video. No, it's hard. And please subscribe to the podcast. This is uh, TJ signing out for Fantasy Squad. Y'all have a good day. See you next week. Bye, y'all.